Militarily Speaking, Episode 40, Heart of America Patriot Foundation. Did I say 40? You did. That's a lot. Quatra something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. This episode, we talk with Kelly Campbell Goodnow, Executive Director of Heart of America Patriot Foundation. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McClain, Jody Vickery. It's almost like it was one name, right? Tom McClain, Jody Vickery? Well, you know, like Ben Affleck and like Benifer. We should yeah. come up with one of those. All right. So we'll call it... <laughs> Don't do it on the fly. Tom Curry? Uh, yeah, I shouldn't do it. I'm the regional <laughs> military executive for Armed Forces Bank. Jody is the executive vice president, director of military consumer lending, and anything that gets thrown her way, she graciously accepts. Yes, I just pick up scraps. Right. Yeah. So again, welcome to our show. We're, we're really excited to have our audience listening and learning about our guest, Kelly, with Heart of America Patriot Foundation. If you'll bear with me, Kelly, I want to share with our audience a little bit about you, because I think that's important for them to know your background. As the executive director of the Heart of America Patriot Foundation, Kelly Campbell Goodnow passes on the hope her own family was given and honors the legacy of her late husband and all those who serve our nation. Kelly grew up in Bryan College Station, Texas, where she met Sean Campbell when they were both students at Texas A&M University. They married in 2000, and Sean entered the Marine Corps. They lived in Texas, Virginia, Florida, North Carolina, and Hawaii. Sounds like a... a sounds like there's a military connection Sounds like there. a military family <laughs> over the next 15 years, adding four children to their family. On January 14, 2016, Major Campbell and 11 fellow Marines lost their lives when their helicopters collided over the North Shore of Oahu. Kelly, Tristan, Kenna, Kate, and Donovan faced the daunting task of starting a whole new life. Educational scholarships allowed Kelly to enroll her previously homeschooled children at a small school in Kansas City, yes. which was a source of help and hope as they navigated loss and change. Kelly's journey through military service and grief is one she will tell you she has never walked alone, she shares her story because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that would be a reference to John 1 5. In 2020, Kelly married Michael Goodnow and gained a bonus daughter, Avery. Kelly is currently working towards an executive MBA degree from the Hellsburg School of Management at Rockhurst University. The Campbell Goodnow household is full of kids, dogs, and laughter, and they love calling Kansas City home. <laughs> well, Kansas City is lucky to have you for sure. It's an honor to have you on our show and to share your story. And let's just start. Can you just give our audience an overview background on the Heart of America Patriot Foundation and set us up? Yeah. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. Heart of America Patriot Foundation. Yes, we are a nonprofit based here in Kansas City, providing scholarships for the spouses and children of 100% disabled and deceased service members. So we do that in partnership with colleges and universities. And our scholarships support those students who demonstrate unmet financial need. So these particular spouses and children, these dependents qualify for a benefit called Dependents Education Assistance from the VA, DEA, also commonly known as Chapter 35. And that benefit is it's outdated and it's not enough. It just doesn't cover the full cost of education. So these two, these, this particular segment of the military population struggles with the financial burden of education. And so we step in and by doing that in partnership with the schools, we really bring in a community of support for those students on their campus in person that helps them to succeed and meet their goals. 
So it's just, it is, it is an honor for me to do that as someone that knows what a difference education makes. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's no doubt that the DEA program probably does fall short. I just took my son and dropped him off at his first year of school, and it is not an inexpensive endeavor at this point in time. That's for sure. Yes, same. I actually, my oldest is a freshman in college this year, and it was eye-opening to walk yes. the process <laughs> and get him in school and as a gold star son, you know, as the son of a, a fallen ring, he qualifies for a different benefit called chapter 33. And that's what's often misunderstood that there's, there's different benefits. And so, you know, we have 100% disabled veterans coming home who do not get that same benefit. And it's not an, it, the, the disparity is enormous, but just walking through that process with my son and finding out how hard it is. And, and just the, I, there's just so much to yep. do and yep. figure out and file and, um, yes. it, you know, it's hard. And so we really, I feel like have landed on a program that brings the best kind of support because our students are able to, to go through the process in person at their school with their own scholarship office. And, and I love that. I love knowing that they have support their you know, boots on the ground at their yep. school. Yep. It makes a huge difference. You know, you mentioned your son, right? He's at the University of Temple in Tokyo. Is that right? That's right. right. That's right. Yes. And, and what? It, and I was. At, I saw when I was at the event nine days ago, and it was an awesome event. It's probably one of the best golf tournaments I've ever attended, charitably related. Thank you. Be- because of the opening ceremony in particular, and that you know, whether it's thirty-five minutes, forty-five minutes, or five minutes, it was pretty. It was compelling, and it it, it was meaningful. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that opening ceremony when. You know, the fact that golfers from the partner schools came on stage, I think Al might have done something impromptu. That was Al at the podium, right? Right, right. Al, and that is all credit to Al. Al Gorthy, our board president, has done that ceremony for years. And just that, it's a big deal because it's not just a a quick check the box opening ceremony for golf. It it really is the program for the day. and, And it's our goal that day to honor veterans there in person to be able to bring out our schools. Like you said, we had 30 school partner flags flying. And so to be able to bring them down and, and just really demonstrate what this collaboration looks like is it was moving. And then to have each branch of service, have people that represented those branches come up and then play the, the song for each of those. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool too. Really mm-hmm. cool. And, and even that excerpt you read from your son, that was yes. pretty heartwarming and I know it means a lot to you too with uh, with your kids and the success of the foundation over the past couple of years, just to see the numbers go the way they are trajectory wise, that, that was pretty amazing to see that and hear that. And I know you've been there six months, so you're probably proud of the progress that you're seeing on a daily basis. And right. we, we should say the number of, is the number of schools is probably a pretty fluid number that you keep growing, right? Yes. So- So a little history, Heart of America Patriot Foundation was founded in 2012. And for about seven years, they held that golf tournament every year, did this beautiful ceremony, and all the money would go to various local veteran supporting charities. Um, So they kind of, they supported a lot of things. In 2020, they decided to make a shift and really find, you know, what is, what is a big need that nobody else is meeting, that we can meet with these funds and really focus on that one thing. They landed on the DEA student financial burden. And so that year they shifted to, to giving all funds to five partner schools who match our money. That's part of the agreement. The schools have to match the money and then they award scholarships to those DEA students that they, they determined to have high financial need. So we started with five that year. The next year we had 12. The next year it was 23. 
This year, we've officially signed 31. We actually signed one since last week. Fayetteville State, an HBCU in North Carolina with an incredible military supportive program. They came on board this week and we have more lined up. So we are officially at 31. We'd like to hit 40 this year, which is, again, doubling again from last year and would require $1 million from us. The schools would match it for a $2 million scholarship impact. So it's incredible because as we double, schools match it, that doubles. And so the multiplication has been amazing. And I, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of it now. You know, I can, I can talk about it and, and build up the board, Al and his team that really built this program. Just they landed on something so unique and powerful. It's, it's a joy for me now to get yeah. to share it and add to those school numbers. That's awesome. Well, and it's an impressive list of schools too. I know. And, and the, I, the concentration is primarily in the Midwest, right? But you're, you're going to continue to branch out throughout the country. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we started in the Midwest just organically based here. You know, they originally started with some of the schools they had already been working with in the early years, Johnson County Community College, Park University, UNPC. So those were the original schools here. And as it grew, just word of mouth, you know, you know, expanded to seven states. We're up to North Dakota, Tennessee, Oklahoma. This year, seeing how the schools really caught on, the program caught on, you know, it was no longer a matter of having having to convince the schools this is a good program. You know, we have them lined up, ready to sign. So the board kind of looked at, at the map and said, we need to be more intentional. You know, I wish we could sign every school that wants yeah. to do this. I wish we had those funds. But to be more intentional, we looked at where are our DA, DEA students. And obviously, if you think about, you know, looking at the VA numbers, we know the highest number are in Texas. North Carolina, Virginia, states that have our major military installations, obviously. So we started focusing on those states and then focusing, you know, looking for schools in those states that were military friendly, that have really strong military and veterans programs in place. Because we are asking the schools to sponsor, we're asking or to partner to, to have skin in the game and really promote the program and find those students that need our help. So it's just a really neat personal collaborative program. You know, I love it. Agreed. Were you going to say something? I was, but go ahead. No, because I'm going to, I'm going to follow the script. You always go off script. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my MO, I'm sure. I don't yeah. help with that. I'm a rambler. So, okay. Tom, so be forewarned, Tom just injects random, random things. You know, <laughs> I like it. Generally related random things. I, I, will, I think social media is a great presence for you. I think you'll continue to want to expand your follower base. I, I think we ought to tell our audience the website too, mm. so they can learn more about www.hoapf.org. And yeah, we'll say it a lot. We'll give a plug in yeah. for that throughout yeah. the podcast. Soon, hopefully to have a, a whole new look. That's something we're, we're really working to build awareness through a new website, getting some social media moving. Not many people know what we're doing or I know. how we're doing it we're, and why we're it's in, unique. So. We're, we're in this together, Kelly. We, yeah. we, we run up against those same struggles that we want to showcase what we do and how we help our military families just like you do. And it's a challenge. You just got to continue to fight the fight and get the, get the word out there about what you do. And there's a lot of people out there doing good work. You know, there are. it's it's neat to neat to see. I think when you land on your site and it says, when you support the Heart of America Patriot Foundation, your gift is always doubled, right? That's, that's right. That's a cool, cool that's message. Right. But I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish my portion. Okay. Is that okay. all right? Go ahead. Let me know when you want me to chime in. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a nudge. <laughs> so that I know you've worked in this field and, and 
certainly the experience you've gone through in, in 2016, don't wish it on anybody. And you then you were part of Folds of Honor for a little while, right? And right. it seems like you're going where your wherever your heart follows, or you follow your heart, and yeah. find find an organization that's doing the work you you want to do. So what's it meant to you over the last probably six, seven years being in this line of work? Yeah, it's been quite a roller coaster. I, you know, I, sometimes I look around and go, whose life is this? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not my plan. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's life. So 2016, I was the wife of a Marine. We were living in Hawaii. I was homeschooling my four children. It, Sean was, uh, he had been in 15 years and he was a major in the Marine Corps, CH-53 helicopter pilot. And so we were kind of at that point in his career where we were looking at the future and retirement and actually thinking about, you know, maybe we're one duty station away from, from getting to move somewhere permanently, you know, that's where we were at. And so it was obviously shocking and devastating for him to, to be killed in a crash during a training accident, middle of the night, along with 11 other Marines. And so, you know, it was, it was just devastating for the whole community and we went through that along with those other families. But, you know, so obviously life took a, a sharp right turn and I moved here to Kansas City. I, I grew up in Texas, but my parents had moved here. And so it wasn't exactly home, but it was my safe place. And I didn't know if I was going to stay or live near family or I had no idea. I, you know, it's incredible when your entire future just goes blank. Yeah. Your whole calendar goes blank. And, and I didn't know how to educate my kids anymore. I didn't know where to live. Where do you live when the military is not telling you where to live? I didn't know how to do that. I had never done that. And so, you know, Kansas City is an incredible community, as you know. And we had so much support and help. And, and it was, it was Folds of Honor that gave my kids scholarships for K through 12, private school education. And so that became our start. Once I had my kids in school, I knew I was going to live here and I found a home and then I found a church near my home and then they joined the sports teams and we made new friends and met our neighbors. And it's just kind of that I very much lived life one step at a time. Just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. And at some point, the next right thing was speaking on behalf of, of Folds of Honor because I wanted to say thank you for those scholarships. I wanted people to know that it made a difference. I mean, it, it set me on a course for our whole new life. And so I, initially when I was asked, I said, no way, <laughs> I'm not a speaker. I'm not going to get up <laughs> people and cry. Like, are you kidding? And, um, and then I realized, you know, it doesn't even matter because I'm getting to say thank you. And I want to say thank you. So I kept doing it. I kept doing it. I kept speaking and that snowballed into, you know, a job with the organization and learning about nonprofit development and fundraising and that snowballed into entering this EMBA program. You know, it's just been one thing after another. And I kind of look around and go, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I just know this is the next thing. So I'm in school. And then this opportunity came along with Heart of America. And I've known them for a few years. I've been at their tournament a few times. It's spoken before. And I had watched Al and his team put together this new scholarship program. And I had watched and seen how thoughtful and meticulous and careful they were in planning how much they really wanted to know they were making a difference that no one else was making that they were right. meeting a need no one else was meeting and i was just so impressed and inspired by that and then being in that position it, it was kind of a perfect storm of timing i was in school myself as a remarried widow i don't have va education benefits anymore so i know what that burden feels like i was putting my son in school so i'm navigating the complication of of 
the benefits, which is not something to complain about. He's He has benefits and scholarships that we're so grateful for. It's not an easy process to actually use them. And so all of that converged with this offer to join this organization. And it just felt like the right next thing to, to put to work, you know, everything I've been learning and doing and what I'm doing in school. And I saw, I, I get it. I saw that need. And, and I see that need that for my son, it's filled. For other students, it's not. And that feels unfair. And I want to do what I can to help. Very nice. You you certainly weren't a rookie speaker. It's almost like you're in charge of Toastmasters Club around the world, basically. <laughs> No, I'm but, counting on your editing, right? So right well, when we only, when we only edit Tom out. We, yeah, we only edit Jody. Yep. <laughs> I told you um, I'm a rambler. <laughs> no, but your, your rambling seems to come together. So keep, keep doing it. far more interesting <laughs> than Tom's rambling. Um, I do want to double back to the DEA scholarships. And I know we touched on them and you talked about them, but are there, is there anything else that we, we didn't get into the detail on around eligibility requirements both for the partners and the students that would be important to call out for the audience? The GI Bill is so confusing. You know, I meet, I've literally spoken to high-ranking military officers who don't understand the difference between Chapter 35 and 33. And that's, that's not on them. That's, that is the problem of this confusing program. So dependence education assistance is for the spouses and children of 100% disabled veterans. And most people assume that those dependents would qualify for the Fry Scholarship, Chapter 33, the post-9-11 GI Bill is what it's called. But that post-9-11 GI Bill raised DEA by $200. It's just a monthly stipend that they ha- they can use for, for whatever, um, tuition fees, housing, books, transportation, child care. All of that is supposed to fit within this max $1,400 stipend. So DEA was raised $200 by the post 9-11 GI Bill. Not enough. We all know, you know, the cost of education has gone up. And that was, that's the only change that's been made to it since Vietnam. And so, you know, I just, I think about, you know, my children, they lost their father in active duty service and they have this great Fry scholarship opportunity. You know, I know their education will be covered. I know they're going to be okay. It's manageable. We can do it. I, I, and then I see this, you know, this spouse or this child of a 100% disabled veteran who, you know, it maybe is not working. So they're also the caregiver in the home. They're, it's a one income family. The majority of these DEA students, according to the DA, are under $50,000 a year income families. And so we know that our scholarships are going to students that are filing their FAFSA that ha- exhibit high need, which we're basing on the same criteria that the school uses as far as the expected family income, the EFC number. We know that the majority is low income. We know because we have personal testimonies that many of them would have dropped out without our scholarship. They're, you know, they would have struggled to make the grades they need. They, they would not complete their education. So again, I'm rambling, but DEA, it's just a different benefit. And it is, you know, TAPS does a lot of advocacy work for military families. As you know, next week I'm going to DC to advocate for the Love Lives On Act. I know you met with Bonnie Carroll in the past and talked about that. So I'll be there with them because I want to learn that process. I want to meet people and I want to know how that works because next on the list is, is reform for chapter 35. And I have 30 plus schools partnering with me in this program that know the need that see, you know, the, the insufficiency of this benefit and we can give them a voice. So, you know, together we have this voice to say, yes, this, this change is needed. And so I see that coming down the road. I hope that we will be able to, to help 
push through changes and increase this benefit for the families. But it, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing to me to realize how, how little understanding there is about the GI Bill and what is really provided for our families of 100% disabled and deceased veterans. It includes those who have died of a service-connected disability or illness after their service. Yeah, I see a lot of DC work in your future too. I, I know the lobbying side of the house is a, it's always challenging. It takes a lot of time, but if you mm. r- rally around the right organizations like TAPS and others that are fighting that fight, then it'll mm. be worth it. It'll be worth it in the end. Yeah. Again, something I said I never do, like speaking. Right. You know, yeah. but when when you live it and you get it, you you kind of can't help it. it. You know, it's it would be wrong of me not to step in, knowing I have something to say. You know, just for the record, you've done your homework on us a little bit on our podcast. You know that some of our guests that have been on the podcast. I do quite a few. You know, it's a small world. It's a small community. <laughs> you know, supporting military families. When I see one of the sponsors at the golf tournament, Gary Sinise Foundation, I'm like, oh, remember Jim Ravella? Jim is a good, good friend. He and his and Lieutenant Dan Band, yeah, and all that yes. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Gary Sinise Foundation actually joined us this year. You know, they moved their operation out to Nashville. Right. So they partnered with us and provided funds for two of our Tennessee schools: Middle Tennessee State University and Tennessee State University. And so they're providing part of that matching scholarship fund. One brick at a time, they say. So mm-hmm. some interesting stats that I saw on social media, right? The VA reported 1.1 million, 100% disabled military veterans in the U.S. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert. Right. And then there were a couple others, right around 183,000 spouses and children received DEA benefits, right. which is a, about a 10% increase from 2021. And then almost 375,000 Global War on Terrorism Veterans with a 100% Disability Rating, which is a substantial percentage of veterans. 25% of all Global War on Terrorism Veterans have 100% Disability. And that number is is going up because of the passing of the PACT Act just last year. So, you know, for those that know this legislation that passed in order to cover the illnesses, you know, we're seeing cancers and, and toxic exposure issues coming out of the war that were not covered before people many don't realize that you know spouses whose whose spouse died of a cancer related to that exposure did not receive benefits and that is changing and so thanks to the pact act they now have benefits but that means that we now have i think we're going to see that 10 percent increase we saw last year is going to be even higher this year due to all these new veterans eligible we're, we're actually, there's an event going on at Fort Bliss where we have one of our locations in Texas around the PACT Act. There's uh-huh. something they're doing out there. So I know that that's, it's all about the visibility factor of that uh-huh. stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, it's not an easy process. And just because that benefit is out there doesn't mean they're receiving it. They have to, they have to register. They have to kind of jump through the hoops, you know, like my son and his college scholarships. And so now the work has begun to make sure families know what's available to them. So yeah, we just signed a new school near there, U, UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio. Yeah. is our first Texas school to sign. Do you know it? I do. Yeah. Really great military population there. And obviously with Texas having the most DEA students, we're excited to finally be on the ground. Awesome. Uh, honor veterans, educate their legacy, right? I saw that at the golf tournament. It's probably, probably part of the marching orders and the mission of, of your organization. And there are a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of, I always talk about this. There's 45,000 nonprofits supporting military around the country. It's, it's tough to get a seat at the table, but mm-hmm. it, whenever I 
found out more about you. You're all, it's such a defined mission that you're doing that's really unique, finite, but you know exactly where you're headed, laser focused that way. But is there something from your perspective that I don't know, is unique and special that you want to share with the audience that says, you know what, this is why we are doing what we're doing, but it's different from a lot of the other organizations that are looking for support. Right. Definitely. Well, you know, I think first of all, education is, is a lifelong impact and it doesn't just impact the student, but their family, their community, you know, their future employment. So education, I just believe is, is a huge factor in overall family well-being we do it differently. There are other scholarship organizations and our matching model by partnering directly with the schools, no one else is doing that. And, you know, number one, by doing that, we double donor funds. So, you know, that's incredible to always be able to say, we will double your donation. The schools also have that ability because they are fundraising to meet that match. And so they are able to go to their donors their alumni and people giving to their side of the match and say the same thing. They have a matching donor. It's allowing them to recruit and retain these, these DEA students, which is bringing, you know, income and, and, you know, that VA income that they are receiving that's coming into their community. And so there's positives all around, but I think the key is in that match and in the fact that we don't administer the scholarships at heart of America Patriot foundation. We, let the schools do it. So we set up that fund, we grant them the the money, they match it, and then they administer the award process in their own way. So it might look different from school to school, but we we know, you know, 100% that all of their students are going to be DEA, chapter 35. They're going to exhibit high need, they will prioritize high need. And their needs will be met, not just tuition, but it could be that it's, it's the housing fee or the meal plan or a transportation need that's keeping that student from success, our scholarships can meet that need. And so we know that by having the school on the ground, participating with us, that, it, you know, the student's true need will be met. And right. and those are the stories we're hearing back. And so now we're, we're working on some data gathering and, and setting up some new processes to be able to, to share that story by the numbers. But that's what's unique. And I know that from experience now, having gone through it with my son, he has applied for scholarships that he kind of then becomes the middleman. You know, he has to apply over here to the scholarship organization. Maybe he's approved and then he has to figure out how to get that to the school. But the organization, you know, wants to be the last check in. If he has two offers, who's going to pay first? You know, this is not a, a pro- this is a good problem to have, but it's a pro- it's a burden. It's an added burden on that student to kind of become the middleman in their care. And we eliminate that by just letting the school award the student using their processes, their people already in place. And the schools love it too. They love that autonomy to know that they're meeting their particular needs at their particular school. And it's just, it, it works. It's working. So, cool. yeah. And I love that there are people on the ground where the students are going to school because it's, it can be a really intimidating process. Right. And to have somebody that you can be face to face with to ask questions to versus, you know, dialing some 800 number, getting lost in the right. shuffle. Or, or, right. I mean, it happens, yeah. right? So Texts are late. Yeah, can, you know, you're waiting for it to come and the school's telling you you can't go to class because your scholarship hasn't yep. arrived. You know, it is. That's a lot of stress for a young person. Yes, too much. And they're already dealing with so much, obviously. These are all families of disabled or deceased veterans. And, you know, the beautiful thing, too, is that we work directly with you know, mostly foundations, but most of our schools have a really strong military and veterans affairs center of some sort. And so it's bringing those students into that community. 
It's exposing them to other services available and including their family members. Some of our schools, UTSA and Middle Tennessee, they have the uh, Johnson County here in Kansas is an amazing example. They have a wonderful veterans center. And so when they know who those scholarship recipients are, they know how to get in touch with them and bring them in and let them know what else is available. There's a VA rep on site for their family members. So again, we know that that impact is trickling out to the whole family, not just the student. I think that's so important. I want to talk about the partners more specifically. So you shared about the growth, which is amazing. We're at 31 schools now on our way to 40 to double last year's number again. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you, how do people connect you with schools? So if they have an interest in learning more or if, or their alma mater of something, or their alma mater, or they serve in some capacity with the university, how do they connect them with you? What do potential partners need to know? What's that process look like? Everything you just said, it's been very organic and word of mouth, personal connections. They reach out directly to us, you know, or some of our school representatives that are really passionate, they will reach out to to people they know at other schools. But we literally one by one, we meet with these schools. We have a a Zoom meeting or in person if they're here in town. We sit down, explain the program, find out how many DEA students are in their school. Number one, is there a need? And we have schools that range, you know, Rockhurst University joined us this year. They probably have around 10 scholarship recipients, potentially, whereas Georgia Southern also joined us this year. They have over a thousand. And so geography, and again, that's why the autonomy of letting them manage the program in the way that they need to work so well, because those needs are going to be different. So it's, it's a matter of just reaching out directly. We are a small team. It's me and our board. And, it, you know, we hope to grow that team with volunteers. So we're also looking for, for new involvement as far as committee leaders and volunteer leaders. We have some new events in the works. And so, you know, as we build that awareness and grow that volunteer team, really, we're, we're going to be running to keep up because we have more schools interested now than we have funds to give the schools. And we don't want to be in that place. And so we, we, we have some fundraising to do to be able to, to meet that need across the country. And, and if there's a potential partner school, they just find contact information on your website, the www.hoapf.org? That's right. That's they can contact us there. Yeah. They can contact me directly, kcampbell-goodnow at hoapf.org. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all those things. And so, you know, just reaching out and starting the conversation. And we intentionally keep the process simple. We have a very simple MOU. We sign with the school that says, you know, we are committed to this program. As long as we can raise the funds, we're going to, you know, partner on this much. We agree, you know, as far as the amount. Most of our schools have a $25,000 match. So we, we give 25, they give 25. We have some that are at five to 10, just because they have fewer students. They have a lower need. So we work all that out. It's a simple one-page MOU that says, here's how it's going to work. And then you're going to report back in October of each year. And the school reports back on, on where the money went, who it went to, and how much per student. And that's that's what we're expanding a little bit as far as that data tracking so that we can start to tell kind of the, the bigger story, especially what's happening to these students after graduation and, and pulling them into a community where we can really tell the impact stories beyond the check. You mentioned volunteerism. I am going off script again, but are are you looking for volunteers more in right around us here in the Kansas, Kansas City area? Right now, right now in the immediate area, um, I love that we have this community of schools. And so something else we're going to be working towards this year, this is very preliminary, but forming an intern program 
we'll start with our local uh, schools in person, but because we have these great partnerships with schools who have nonprofit departments and marketing and data analysis, we're going to provide opportunities for their students, not just Heart of America scholarship recipients, but any student to work with us as an intern and get those intern hours they need by fulfilling some of those, those roles uh, that we just, you know, we, we are lean and mean. We don't want to spend money on, on anything but providing and filling this need for our students. I should call it Hopeva, right? Do I, <laughs> is it Hopeva? No. Right. It's not an acronym that is easy. <laughs> it's, not it's, it's, it's a little bumbly. You know, I had to stare at it to read it correctly. Hope-a. Focused. All right. So I'm kind of a quote guy, right? Another one of my messages, every veteran wrote a blank check to the people of the United States for an amount up to and including their life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you, I'm going to start stealing some of these things and calling them my own. Jody, mm-hmm. is that okay? No, it's not. <laughs> Is that I'm sure that message every time you every time I say it or you hear it or you read it does it mean something to you? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, I, I can remember my husband before my late husband before we got married. He he was already contracting with the Marines. He knew the life he was headed into, and and he sat me down with this list of questions. And, and you know, do you just to kind of say, are you prepared for this? Do you want to walk away? And of course, I didn't. But you know, one of them was you know. Are, do you realize that my job could take my life one day? Yeah. And I, I think back now, you know, number one, just that he had the, the wisdom to have that conversation, you know, that hard conversation. And then the fact that it came true, it, you know, he did. He signed up knowing what could happen. And I signed up right alongside him knowing what could happen. But I think about our kids who did not. They did not sign up for that, you know. And so not only do we owe those service members who, who signed up willingly, but their families who have served and sacrificed alongside of them and still beyond service, you know, now we're talking about caregivers and, and children who's just their lives, their opportunities look different because of their loved ones right. or this. You know, we owe them. We do. Well, that was thoughtful. The questions, the, the in advance questions, and mm-hmm. we always say, you know, you signed mm-hmm. up for this. And mm-hmm. if you're all in, you're all in. And you know the rules. And life can can turn that corner quickly on you. And I, Jody's a military spouse. I don't have that military connection. She, walk, she walks in the boots every day mm. and understands what that life is like better than, better than I do. I know. I love, love that you had that conversation mm. out loud. I think every military mm. family knows, knows those things. But right. Sometimes it's easier to, to not talk about it, right. honestly. But um, We definitely put it, put it away. And I think that was, that was his, his wisdom in that. He said, let's have this conversation and then let's not think about it. Let's not dwell on it because that's not, you know, it's just going to steal our joy. So let's talk about it and let's choose not to live in fear of it. And that's what we did. It made all the difference. Very much, very much. So I'm, I love a good story. I'm sure there are, are already countless ones that you have in your repertoire. Is there a story or two that you'd share with our audience that you you know of somebody that was impacted directly by a scholarship and, and how that played out for them? You know, I, I, so far I get snippets of amazing stories. You know, one in particular student in Missouri was headed back to school. Her mom knew how much it was going to cost. She saw the bill and did not have the money and didn't know how to tell her that she couldn't go back to school. And it was her last semester and a heart of America Patriot fund scholarship filled that gap. And so, you know, and the, and the mom was able to say, I didn't think you were going to be able to go back. You know, I thought that was it. There was there was no money. Um, and so we know that, you know, that one student that got to graduate because of that scholarship 
It, we actually have a, a mom and daughter in school together at Johnson County Community College. Oh, wow. And, it, you know, it, it, it's just, it's neat to meet these students that so many of them are, you know, maybe later in life students who are going back to school after after following their husband around for 20 years in service. And now it's their turn. You know, I met a grandmother who was back in school. We were at a lunch and she actually had one of her, her little cute little grandbabies with her. And she was getting a degree that would allow her to open a business she wanted to open and had served a collective like 40 years with her husband. And, you know, so I just think about these stories. These are, you know, and then we have traditional students entering school at 18, but, but they're writing us and telling us, you know, you've really lifted a burden. I don't have to work as many hours. You know, I'm able to afford it. And I'm a first generation student. We have first generation students and single moms. I could go on and on and we get, we get just such beautiful letters and every single one tells me I'm in the right place doing the right thing. You know, if it's making a difference because education is, is just, it's a lifeline for these families. And so well, I wish that our podcast wasn't just audio because if our audience could see your smile as you're talking about them. <laughs> I thought about that too. That, that just reinforces you are 1000% in yeah. the exact right place where you're supposed to be right now. Yeah. I'm going to combine a couple of things here too. So oh, I think we're- Good job you. I, I know. Talk about that. <laughs> that. Here's one more quote, right? You make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give, right? And mm. now I feel like this is this is going to date me a little bit. I feel like Saturday Night Live skit where it's Jack Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Right? Remember <laughs> yeah, those days? I do. You? There's right. no there's no way you remember that unless oh, you're staying up and watching I repeat do. episodes. All right. Deep thoughts. So, but I also when I was at the golf tournament, I know that they you almost have too many people that want to be in the tournament, right? You've got mm-hmm. a waiting list for the tournament. So yeah. you talked earlier about. Let's let's do more events. Maybe mm-hmm. have a maybe have two golf events a year. Mm-hmm. But that I'm going to segue segue this into a our kind of our final question to you too is what what do you see down the road for your organization and how, and knowing that there's a de- almost a demand that you can't keep up. Mm-hmm. What's it look like getting behind the curtain? What's it look like down the road? Maybe two years, three years, ten years. Right, right. So right now our focus is you know. That strategic expansion, where our schools are and where our DEA students are, combined with fundraising, we have to fundraise. We have proven the model works. It's incredible to be able to, be able to tell donors that their money is doubled every time, no matter what. And so just to continue that momentum, but we, yes, we need partners and funders and volunteers to come alongside. As far as the golf tournament, it's never been a big fundraising event. It doesn't make a lot of money. It's always been about honoring right. the veterans and thanking our schools. And that's what you saw. And so now we're looking at it, but now there's also this big demand with, with funding partners to, to participate. And so how do we include both? And that's what we're looking at next year is how can we make it bigger? How can we continue to have that beautiful ceremony, honor our schools, bring in all of our schools that want to participate? You know, we have representatives from Tennessee and South Dakota and Georgia. We don't want that to go Kansas, away. Yep. Kansas yep. and Missouri, of course. And so you know, we want to have all of our schools present, but also make it a true fundraiser that that meets that need because those schools represent a fund at each one that we're trying to meet. So, you know, we're looking at new events. And one thing I, I found at the golf tournament, you know, Al introduced our honored veterans. We had World War II veterans. I was going to say something about that. Team. You know, they, they were in their 90s and maybe someone incredible was approaching 100 too. Yes, I yeah. 99-year-olds with just incredible stories. You know, one who wrote home on Hitler's stationery 
and you know, one who freed a mm. concentration camp cool. and one who was a prisoner of war for months and months. It's just for these months. incredible stories. Yeah. I left thinking golf is great, but I just want to sit down and talk to these men. And so now we have a, a event in the works. So stay tuned around Veterans Day. We're going to have an event here in Kansas City where we get to do just that. We get to hear their stories live in person. That's um, awesome. We're going to put together a panel of those World War II veterans. And I hope that that's something we'll continue to be able to talk to our Korea veterans, our Vietnam veterans. You know, our chances to do that are fleeting, especially with, with our World War II greatest generation. And so that's, I'm really excited about that. And I don't have the details yet, but it will be on the website and social media here very soon. Looking Stay at tuned. Yeah. Were most of the most of the veteran guests that you had there were they all were they local or did you fly some people in from around all the country? Local. All local, yeah, okay. yeah. So those they all lived in the area, and I, I think one of them even drove himself. One of the World War II veterans. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, just <laughs> of incredible, he did. incredible yeah. people, right? Of course right. he did. Yeah, yeah. I would expect nothing less, actually. <laughs> I always like to give folks a chance. You know, we try to ask questions that cover the scope of what you do, but we mm-hmm. very well could have missed something. Is there anything else as we wind down that you would want our audience to hear about the organization that we have, have failed to ask you about specifically? I feel like we covered it. I, you know, I think just what we've talked about, it, it is a unique program. There are other scholarship programs out there doing great work, great work. I, I, my family is a testimony to that. But this matching model with the schools has so much potential to really bring a community together and give a voice to this, you know, this GI Bill, this disparity of Chapter 35, it truly is a need that's not being met. And, you know, evidenced by the fact that we haven't had a school drop out yet and we haven't had a school not be able to spend their money. We, we ask that they, it doesn't go into endowments, it doesn't sit, it gets spent within that, that next academic year that they get it. Nobody has had a problem finding high need students for that money. And so, you know, this is just, it is impactful and no one knows about it. And so, you know, I think that's the the best thing we can do right now is get the word out and find more people that want to join us in that mission, you know, providing funds for their alma mater or bringing in new schools. You know, we have corporate partners that, that maybe have a named scholarship at a particular school. And so it's just an amazing opportunity to truly, truly make a difference. I think one of our goals with this podcast, too, is to find those hidden gems, the best-kept secrets mm-hmm. that are out there. And I, if Kelly's not the best spokesperson for an organization, no. I don't know who is. Cause <laughs> found one this morning. She did a great, yeah, she did a great job. That. And I'm going to say it one more time, www.hoapf.org to find out more. Or Otherwise or, known as HOPFA? HOPFA. Right. <laughs> we need to work on it. Yeah. I warned you about him. I really did. <laughs> but we but but we are, we're grateful for your time this morning. We'd ask you to hang out with us for just one more. Uh, she might know this answer because she's so embedded in the school well, system. I'm pretty oh, sure she does. Oh oh the next no, oh the one from last the time. the one from so. last time because it was months and months ago that we did yes. a podcast. So recording. we're yeah. gonna play military minute, and our question to our audience last week was connected to John Broda from Affen. And we asked, what are the first names of the founders of Johnson and Wales University? Oh, that's And you don't have to know. <laughs> she's, are you Googling it? <laughs> no, she's not. Have to. <laughs> remember, remember you said it'd be nice to have yeah. our audience see her face. Did you see her face? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I have no idea maybe, what the answer is. Maybe reaching for the keyboard part, to Google but... it. 
<laughs> well, the answer for our audience members, if you answered Gertrude and Mary and you put that um, in, in a that order on our post, yeah. well, I don't know if it had to be in that Well, it had to be in that order. That wasn't part of the rules. But if you answer Gertrude <laughs> and Mary or Mary and Gertrude, watch for your name to be selected to win a $50 gift card for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. And then for this week's Military Minute, I know you know this one, Kelly, yeah. so you totally can't answer and you heard it during our podcast at least twice today. Which means if they don't remember it, they'd have to go back and listen to they'd it. They'd have to listen to it yeah. again, which is not a bad thing. So how many partner schools currently support Heart of America Patriot Foundation? Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, watch for the podcast to drop. Drop your answer in the comments. And anybody that answered correctly, you'll also be entered in a drawing to win a $50 gift card for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. Good that, stuff. You know what that charity of choice is going to be, right? I think it's going to be... Hopefa. I was going to say the whole name, Heart of America Patriot <laughs> right. Foundation. And, and, yeah, I think we've done the website enough, right? Yes. Just go go see what they are all about because it's been a real honor and privilege to, to talk to you as a, a patriot. So I appreciate you, Kelly. And if you enjoyed today's episode, go out to afbank.com, subscribe to the show, and make sure you rate us. Leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify and YouTube. Well, it was a pleasure and a treat to meet you and hear all about your organization, and we're thankful for your time today. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, all non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the Militarily Speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.